It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 21st, 2020. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk all about the Magic's win over the Charlotte Hornets, and we'll also talk about where the Magic stand at the end of this West Coast road trip. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. What the Charlotte Hornets perspective of Monday's game? Check out Locked On Hornets. Want to look ahead to Wednesday's game against the Oklahoma City Thunder and hear about the Thunder's big win over the Houston Rockets? Check out Locked On Thunder. No matter which team you're interested in, which team you like, which team you hate, or anywhere in between, you can find a Locked On podcast for you, whether it's the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, MLB, or colleges too. Plus, we have great national podcasts in Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Locked On, uh, sorry, the uh, Duncan and Hollinger NBA show, and Rejecting the Screen. It's It's all in the Locked On family. Download those podcasts wherever you download podcasts today. Again, search Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Early on in this game, it looked like the Orlando Magic were going to have their struggles. It looked like everything that we feared from the moment this game popped up on the schedule and and the frustration that Steve Clifford showed after Saturday's game about the schedule and about how difficult this stretch of the schedule is, just how how crunched it all is, it looked like they were all coming to fruition. A lot of the Magic shots were short. They were late on rotations. They were fouling a lot. They were just a hair late on everything. And that's enough to completely throw a team out of the loop. The Charlotte Hornets, for as poor as their record is, as often as they get blown out, exactly like they did Monday night, is they are spunky. They can hit a lot of threes, they can keep themselves in games, and when they're in close games, they tend to win them. But the Magic didn't let any of that matter. They found energy somewhere. They found a rhythm offensively. They found some some will defensively, to be honest. And they closed the door on this game pretty abruptly. After trailing by double digits in in the first quarter, giving up four three-pointers to Devontae Graham, they shut out the best backcourt duo in the league, by points per game at least. Terry Rozier failed failed to make a field goal the entire game. Devontae Graham did not hit another three-pointer. Orlando closed out, forcing the Hornets to put the ball on the ground and shoot mid-range jumpers. They got steals, they forced turnovers, and they turned those turnovers into fast breaks. It seemed throughout this road trip, 
that so much was on the knife's edge, just like Markel Fultz tiptoeing down the sideline. But in this game, the magic came out on the right side. They moved the ball. And while they were imperfect, they were not good at all times. Their offense wasn't even that great either, to be perfectly honest. There were still a lot of missed shots. There were still a lot of missed box outs. Just, again, lack of awareness plays that you only see when teams are this tired. And the Magic are exhausted. They've played a lot of games in a short amount of time. A six-game trip in 12 days. It is a lot of basketball that they played, including this cross-country trip to end it. And they came out with a win that was about as good as any win that they've had all year. And I, I do mean that. They're, this, this game I pegged as a schedule loss. And I, was, and I remember saying this on this podcast when the schedule came out at the end of this road trip. You, you hope Charlotte is that bad, as bad as everyone thinks they are, because that, that has schedule loss written all over it. And Charlotte's much better than we all anticipated. And Orlando still kind of scratched and clawed and found a way. Not only found a way, that, 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 that makes it sound, sound reductive. They dominated this game. The first quarter was not good. The Magic gave up all those three-pointers. They, they kind of let themselves slip a little bit, and it did look like they'd, they'd skate by. But they got challenged to find energy. And their second unit did find that energy, whether it was Mo Bamba blocking shots or finishing at the rim or Terrence Ross beginning a three-point barrage. The Magic got down to business. I, I, I really don't think there's much to say. If, if it weren't the end of a long road trip, you would simply be saying this was a professional win. And the Magic, you know, maybe didn't have to play their best, but they did the things that mattered most. And maybe that's the big lesson to take from this game. Maybe that's the big analytical point to make. When the, with the Magic tired and frustrated and maybe not wholly satisfied with their road trip. They focused on the things that mattered most. They closed out. They defended well. They forced turnovers. And seeking energy, they turned those turnovers into fast break points over and over and over again. That's 18 turnovers turning into 14 magic points. Only two fast break points in the game. So maybe it wasn't that many fast break points, but it was transition play. It was flowing into their offense. And the ball moved, and Orlando got quality looks, and they made the ones that mattered. When Charlotte cut the lead down to seven at the end of the third quarter, as Orlando, Orlando built their lead up to, I believe it was 17 or 18 at one point in the third quarter, as the, as the Hornets cut the lead to seven by the end of the quarter, it looked like the Magic were on shaky ground, that that fatigue would come back in, that the Magic would be unable to hold them off this time. Evan Fournier came in and hit three three three-pointers early in the quarter. Extend the lead back out to double digits. Then the starters came back in. Aaron Gordon made a play. Nikola Vucevic made a play. Markel Fultz made a play. The Magic just strung enough of those together to get the win. And it sounds like I'm making this sound like it's some some small victory by a small margin. This was a dominant game. A 106-83 victory. Magic scored 34 points in the fourth quarter. They give up just 38 points in the second half. In fact... They give up only 56 points in the final three quarters. Again, maybe the big lesson 
for this game and maybe for all future games is when you are tired like this, when you're struggling on offense, when you're struggling in general, focus on the most important things. Just do the most important things well, the things that you can control. And defensive effort, defensive execution are always things you can control. The Magic took care of business defensively. I did not think they were good defensively in the first quarter when they gave up 27 points. They took care of business defensively the rest of the game. And it was probably one of the better defensive efforts we've seen from this Magic team um, in a while. And they've played some very good defense since the start of the month. The Orlando Magic defeat the Charlotte Hornets 106-83. to There's really not much more to say other than that. You know, this is a sport about, or this is a podcast. I don't know what I'm talking about. And maybe, I, uh, maybe I'm tired. Maybe I'm a little, little too stuck on West Coast time. Um, this is a podcast about sports. So we're talking a lot about physical fitness. I, you know, I do get into some of the medical science that I know the Magic employ. And, and you know, we're talking about, in this game against the Charlotte Hornets, kind of the rest deficit. The, the fact that the Magic traveled from the West Coast to the East Coast with a day of rest in between. And they didn't actually travel until Sunday. They, they spent the night in San Francisco. They traveled across the country to play this one game against Charlotte before they finally came home. So we talk a lot about physical fitness and the impact that it has on players. But what impact does it have on you? There's another side to the game that's just as important. And I'm talking about mental fitness and your ability to focus and and kind of be in the moment. It's important for any athlete. It's important for any person. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says... Getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on NBA, you'll get a four you'll get 40% off a calm premium membership. With calm, you have access to nature scenes LeBron loves, like rain on leaves. That sounds very, very nice about now. And so much more like sleep stories and meditations. So again, for a limited time. Our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. Again, that's calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. Unlock content to help you focus, e-stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. Again, that's calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through the final box score for you real fast. Again, just a couple of good notes to take make here about this game. Again, a very mixed game. Orlando shoots 47.8%. They bring that field goal percentage up in the second in the fourth quarter. 14 for 28 from beyond the arc. Only 4 of 9 from the foul line. So Magic not getting to the end of the paint very much or getting into the line very much. Um, they ended up scoring a lot in the paint toward the end of the game. The Hornets' defense just 
you know, when as long as Bismack Miyamo is not in there, they the just no rim protection. So Orlando was able to kind of get to the get into the paint, get into the lane, and finish near the basket. Orlando with 15 offensive rebounds too, so very good number there. 25 assists, just nine turnovers. Uh, 13 stocks as well. So I just ran through the whole team box score. Evan Fournier leads the team in scoring with 26 points on 10 for 14 shooting, six for eight from beyond the arc. Uh, Fournier has been dealing with the illness, been dealing with the calf issue or for the quad issue, um, and and he you know looked you know I I think I read somewhere that he he doesn't like taking energy drinks. He took a little shot of an energy drink and and it does seem to perk him up a little bit and and kind of get him get him right. Um, you know he he it certainly looked like he was dragging a little bit in the last two games um, that he wasn't completely healthy or wasn't you know you know when you're sick you're certainly drained. Then you do a cross country flight, you're doing a West Coast trip. Better to be sick at home than sick on the road. Uh, but Evan Forty definitely played with a little bit more energy and a little more kick in this game. Uh, he had three three-pointers in the fourth quarter that really put this game away. With the Hornets making their run, Fournier's shots were a big key in the Magic, getting some distance again and getting back into the rhythm. It seemed like every time the Magic needed a three-point shot or something to kind of kick themselves back into the rhythm again after that first quarter, they found it, whether it was Evan Fournier or Terrence Ross. Ross finishes with 19 points on 6 or 12 shooting, 5 or 8 from beyond the arc. Uh, two steals as well for him, another really nice game. He got the Magic going in the second quarter to get them back into the game. Uh, his Again, this is what Terrence Ross is supposed to do. He's supposed to pick up the energy of the team with his shooting and his shot making. Uh, the Magic really relied on that, and, and he delivered again in this game. So really nice performance from Terrence Ross. Nikola Vucevic with another good performance too. 24 points, 11 for 21 shooting, 2 for 5 from beyond the arc. 10 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, Vucevic has certainly come under fire, and, and I think rightfully so in some respects. Um, he is a player that has to perform. The Magic need his shoot, need his just raw scoring. They just need his ability to score, and his field goal percentage being as low as it is this year, his, his lack of efficiency this year, is very concerning. Um, and so when he has bad shooting nights like he had against Golden State on Saturday, the Magic becomes susceptible to losing. And, and, and frankly, it's very rare that the Magic will be able to survive a game where Vucevic does not play well. And Vucevic was up and down in this game. Very early on, he looked a step slow. He looked like his timing was off. It looked like his touch was off. He wasn't able to kind of get the same quality of shots that he was getting uh, or that he usually makes that he's that he typically uh, is able to put in the basket. And, and and this game really felt like he was on that on that way again. I mean, he struggled a little bit with his, with his defense. He, he didn't quite set the line that he needed to set. Uh, and so it, it, it felt like a very... It honestly felt like a very precarious game for Nikola Vucevic. Uh, you know, I, I felt like Vucevic uh, was in good good shape, but you know, not the best shape. I, w- I would say at the end of the day. Um, but fourth quarter, like everyone else, he got himself going, and it wasn't because he was working the post. It wasn't because the Magic were force feeding the ball. It was because he was in the right spots at the right time. He was in position to get feet, to get a passes, to get assists. And he was able to finish that way. I mean, again, I'm a big proponent, and I know Vucevic is, is near the top of the leaderboards in terms of post-ups. I'm a big proponent of you do not do standstill post-ups with Nikola Vucevic. Get him on the move. Get get the defense kind of moving off him. He is good at taking advantage of defenses that are not set. Um, when you do a straight post-up with him, that is not his game. That is not how he plays. That's not how you want him to play. I mean, he tried that on Bismack Biombo one time. Biombo blocked a shot. Vucevic recovered, and he banked in a three-pointer. Um, but it was that kind of night by the end of the night for Nikola Vucevic. So, um, you know, Vucevic ended up having a very nice game. Uh, you know, I think that he, like everyone else, kind of figured themselves out. They found their energy and, and they played better as the game went on. 
Uh, Aaron Gordon, just six points, three for nine, shooting seven, uh, six rebounds, seven assists. He's been on an assist kick lately, and, and Gordon had some really nice passes in this game. Um, you know, the shot wasn't there tonight, um, but he generally just did a good job feeding the ball and finding others uh, to keep them involved. So nice, uh, ended up being a very nice game for him. Uh, Markel Fultz, 10 points, five for 12 shooting, five assists, five rebounds. I, I know some people might be a little disappointed by the score line, but I would say don't be fooled by that. Um, I I continue to be really impressed with Markel Fultz. Um, I, I think that he he is really he really understands how to manage a game. Uh, which I mean, for a young player at least, he really understands how to manage a game, uh, and and kind of understands when it when he they need him to score and when they need him to just kind of get the team in the offense, get them organized, and get them moving. Um, and, and this is a really kind of innate thing, and, and you know maybe some of it is he's deferring to to better players, which again is a discussion maybe that we need to have in the off season. Um, but I really, really, really liked Fultz's game. Uh, he made some he made some winning plays. Um, you know I mentioned that play where he was kind of tiptoeing the sideline. Now Vucevic missed missed a shot, and Fultz came flying in for the rebound, and he saved the saved the ball along the sideline kept his dribble, kept inbounds, and fed Vucevic again as the defense tried to tried to stop him and surround him and got Vucevic an easy shot. And, and you know, I commented to myself and I mentioned, I, I posted on Twitter, like, that's a winning play. Like, I, I don't care, you know, again, I don't care about anything, what, about anything else. That is just an extra effort play that wins you basketball games. And we, I think we continually see Fultz Making these plays, so it's it's a really, really, really encouraging sign uh, that that Marco Fultz is making these steps. And and again, the stat line doesn't seem impressive. Five for twelve shooting is okay. Um, 10, 10 points, not a lot there. No turnovers is a big deal. Only five assists, but you know, I I, I really think that he's playing really, really well. And, and I think that he kind of delivers exactly what the team needs him. He's got a big test coming up on Wednesday when he goes up against Chris Paul, but, you know, he was a big part of eventually locking down Devontae Graham. He's a big part of slowing down Terry Rozier in this game. Just a, a really, again, I, 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 I don't want to race too far ahead with Markel Fultz um, because I don't want to put undue expectations or, or or make him out to be something more than he is because I don't think we really know what he is yet. Um, but he continues to make really impressive plays. And, and you know, I consider this his rookie year. If I see a rookie making these kinds of plays, I get really excited because, again, these are winning plays. Uh, and, you know, if you would have told me that Markel Fultz would be kind of a, a, an integral, central part of the Magic's um, chances to make the playoffs and and make no, and, and really already cemented himself as, as someone who seemingly is, is a big part of this team's future— uh, you know, I would have I would have said that that's kind of the pipe dream. I wouldn't have expected that at all. But we're halfway through the season, and again, like Coach Clifford says, I I think Fultz is going to keep getting better, and and he's gotten a lot better. You know, to this point of the season, you can see him playing with confidence, and and it's it's really exciting to watch him grow. One more player that I do feel like I need to mention: Mo Bamba. Four points, two for six shooting, four rebounds, two blocks. Just a a relatively unassuming scoreline. Those two, those two field goals coming on dunks, um, but nice duck and dunks. Um, but I, I do believe that Mo Bamba helped change kind of the the the, the pace and tenor of this game. Um, you know, maybe not completely, but he was a a big part of that bench group 
that helped the Magic kind of reestablish their defense and, and get get centered and calm in this game. Um, I, I don't think that we, you know, Bamba to this point in the season hasn't maybe gotten the respect that he respect isn't the right word, but but you know, I, I think a lot of people look at Bamba's raw numbers. And they're not impressed with him. And I agree, his raw numbers are not impressive. But to me, the big thing is Bamba is finding ways to positively contribute to this team. And and more and more, we're seeing that impact. And, and especially on defense, which is where I think he he had he has the most potential and has had the most room for growth. Um, and, and we're beginning to see him play more consistently on the defensive end. Again, the rebounding number is not impressive. He's still getting pushed around and moved out of the way on on boards. He's he's you know, it, it, it's it's not all there yet. He's still got a little ways to do. He's got a lot of work to do on his body to kind of get where he needs to be to to play more minutes at the NBA level. And and to those asking like, oh, I would have rather see Bamba play the four. You know, I honestly think you know I've been thinking about this a little bit over the course of the course of the the, the last week or so. You know, I, I really think with Markel Fultz, uh, I'll, I'll bring Fultz back into the conversation here. I think with Markel Fultz, you know, we're all anti to see him do more, but I do think that the Magic organizationally, both coach and general manager and management, have an overarching plan of how they want to increase Fultz's workload. They don't want to just throw him into the deep end. They want to kind of gradually have him wade out there. Um and so I think, you know, while fans are antsy to see him do more, I, I do think that there is a plan with Fultz to slowly grow his role. And I think there's this, the same deal with Mo Bamba. And I think they've decided, you know, whether it, it helps or hurts the team in the present. I, I do get, uh, you know, this is just my perception. I have no clue if this is true. I do get the perception that the idea is we're going to grow Mo Bamba within the role we ultimately envision him playing. We don't want him playing the four, because that might slow his growth in areas that we want we want to build or, or slow his confidence in areas that, that we need that we need need him to be confident in. Um, they don't want to kind of take him out of the role they ultimately envision him for. So I do think that there might be some targeted um, some targeted uh, uh, um, kind of they're, they're, they're tar- I would say that there's they're kind of managing his growth a little bit. And, and that might be why he's not playing the four or not getting the Ken Birch minutes that I think a lot of us kind of agree are not his be- not Birch's best role. Um, but, you know, again, I say this all I say this to people all the time. Bamba has shown a ton of growth this year. We're starting to see it, you know, show up more in the box score, show up more in these games, uh, more and more and more. Uh, and Bamba, you know, the big thing with Bamba is positioning. Because he's still going to get moved off off his spot. He's still, you know, he's not going to post anyone up. He's, he's, he's rebounds are still going to be difficult for him because more physical guys are going to be able to get him get him off his spot. Um, but as long as Bomb is in the right spot, especially defensively, if he's in the right spot to challenge shots, to keep guys out of the lane, to to use his length instead of chasing blocks, if he's doing all that, then he's making progress. And and you know, honestly. I believe he is doing all that. I believe Bamba has been a much better player this year. I think he's been a much more impactful player, and I think he's making a positive impact this year. So again, not an impressive stat line for Mo Bamba, but I did think a very impressive game. Honestly, a second straight impressive game from Bamba as he continues to grow. 
The Hornets shoot just 38.2% from the floor, 10 for 33 from beyond the arc, 15 for 20 from the foul line. They turned the ball over 18 times, including four each from Terry Rozier and P.J. Washington. Washington leads the Hornets in scoring, or, I'm sorry, Malik Monk leads the score, Hornets in scoring with 20, P.J. Washington with 19, Devontae Graham with 15 on 5 for 17 shooting, just 4 of 12 from beyond the arc. Terry Rozier only 4 points on 0 for 6 shooting, so the Orlando Magic do a good job containing one of the best backcourts in the league. The Orlando Magic defeat the Charlotte Hornets 106-83. They close their road trip out at 3-3. Three three. They'll be back in action Wednesday at the Amway Center against the Oklahoma City Thunder. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we've passed the midpoint of the season. And I've got some midpoint of the season thoughts that that I'll share uh, on a future episode of Locked On Magic. So we'll, we'll, we'll still be talking a little bit about the midpoint of the season here at least for the next week. So, you know, expect expect an episode uh, on on kind of Magic at the Midpoint coming up later this week. Probably Friday is is tentatively when I would I would I would plan on discussing it and and how the Magic move forward and what comes next. But the road trip itself kind of represented a, a, a bit of a a test and a bit of a pa- time to pause and and really assess who and what this team is. Road trips are, you know, I'm a big believer in, in, in you really discover who a team is on road trips. You don't have the comforts of home. You don't really even have that much time to practice. You're dealing with fatigue. You're dealing with a lot of these travel issues. And and you really learn, you know, what a team is made of. You, you know, they're forced to rely on each other completely. And so, you know, I'm a believer that big road trips like this, both the December road trip and this road trip are benchmarks for the Magic season, right, for, for this team. And this road trip was a peculiar one. Starting off with that loss to the Phoenix Suns when Orlando had a four-point lead with about a minute to go and gave that away. Frustratingly so, gave that away. Followed by that trip to Sacramento with the game-winning basket by Aaron Gordon in a game that, again, the Magic nearly gave away. Then perhaps the best performance of the season. So undermanned, playing with so much energy and fire, they defeat the Los Angeles Lakers. And then lethargic efforts against the LA Clippers and inexplicably against the Golden State Warriors. Followed again by a really just rousing and, and, and really strong win against the Charlotte Hornets. Again, a game after Steve Clifford was frustrated and and pointing out our leaders need to step up, I need to step up, we've got to play with better energy, he comes back the next time and says, you know, that was one of our best wins of the season. I know the Hornets may not seem like a great opponent, but with all the conditions we face, that is a good win. And I agree with that. This was a very good win. and not Not only for the reasons that it's just gutsy win, but you know, I, I would honestly say that 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 a win like that, you know, helps start putting the hammer 
in in the coffin of the Charlotte Hornets playoff hopes. I mean, this was this was a six pointer in some in some respects. So after this wild ride, the Magic kind of finished exactly where they started at at three and three. And honestly, that's probably the record most of us expected and hoped for out of this road trip. What's, of course, different is how, and it's always this way, it seems like, is how that record was composed. You had a game against Phoenix that you probably should have won. That would have gotten you to 4-2. and two. You had a game against Golden State that you know you didn't play well enough in. That would have gotten you to perhaps 5-1. and one. At the end of the day, the Magic come home from this road trip understanding, perhaps, that that they are a good team, that they are a capable team, that they are, again, a a playoff team. With the the Brooklyn Nets struggling as much as they have, the Magic expanded their lead uh, in seventh place. They are two games up for seventh place in the Eastern Conference. They're seven games back of sixth. So there's there's probably little hope of catching the Indiana Pacers, especially with... Victor Oladipo set to come back. There's probably little hope of catching catching the Indiana Pacers at this point. But the Orlando Magic are pretty firmly ensconced in the playoff race. So the question then turns back to the focus on themselves. What, what kind of team are they? Who are they? And perhaps the bigger question, the question looming in the background is, how much better can they be? We can clearly see that 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 this team can hit another level, you know, and and that 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 this team, you know, certainly they've dealt with a lot of injuries, so we know that there's a key player sitting on the bench in Jonathan Isaac. You know, maybe Aaron Gordon isn't 100 percent right yet. Evan Fourier certainly struggling with the injuries that he's struggling with. Certainly. There are there are things kind of left on the table. And despite it all, there have been several disappointing losses that have followed several of the same patterns that you can look at in one of two ways. One, that this team is capable of being a whole lot more. That is just a few, you know, small plays away from swinging in that other direction, from being in the in the running for sixth and perhaps a little bit more, as maybe some of us expected before the season. But there's also that other side, that this team doesn't have enough to play the way they did against the Lakers every night. They can't reach into that reserve. They still have issues late in games, like they did against the Phoenix Suns and the Sacramento Kings. There's still a team that feels extremely flawed and susceptible to losses like they had against the Golden State Warriors. It was not the first time that they had such a loss or that felt like they failed to learn a lesson they should have learned already. The fact of the matter is, if part of this season was was learning some of the limits of this team, we are indeed seeing it very clearly on the court. And we saw it very clearly on the court throughout this road trip. And so maybe that 3-on-3 record is apt. Maybe that is 
exactly what this team is. And, and, and you know, I, I had this podcast last year because it was kind of a foreign concept. I think it was a foreign concept to a lot of people. This is what 500 teams do. They look brilliant one game against a very good opponent. They look terrible the next against a not-so-good opponent. But ultimately, they find their level, and it is, frankly, at even, at breaking even. The Magic are still fighting for consistency. They're still fighting to prove that they are above that level. And it's been a fight that's taken them half a season once again through injuries and through everything else. Their defense does appear to be back. It does appear that they're back to playing a high level of defense, which again is is the root of everything for this Magic team. If they want to have any success, if they want to gain any ground, if they want to be the team that they're capable of being, that is where everything starts. But the question is, can they be more? Are their team leaders capable of pushing them another step higher? Steve Kyler of Basketball Insiders, you know, a friend of the show, um, said, you know, when uh, or someone asked him, you know, in one of his very, you know, on Twitter whether he felt the Magic would be buyers or sellers at the deadline. And, and Steve replied, you know, it's probably still, you know, I'm going to paraphrase here, but the crux of it was it's probably still too early to tell, but the team is going to let this road trip happen and decide whether it's time to push forward and add or blow it up. Now, and I know some people don't always trust Steve's information, and, 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 I, and I, I'm skeptical of it too. I, I don't see this team blowing anything up. I don't see this team you know, compromising their playoff positioning, even if it's for a brighter future year. This team, is, this team values playoff experience. They value young players, especially guys like Markel Fultz and hopefully Jonathan Isaac and, and Mo Bamba. They value those guys being in winning environments where preparation matters. Our preparation isn't just something you go through the motions because you have a game that day. Preparation matters because you are playing for something. That thing matters. It matters to this front office. So I don't see them sacrificing anything. So I don't see them making humongous moves at the trade deadline, which again is two weeks away from Thursday. And Evan Fournier trade is still very possible. I, I, I won't deny that. What they get for Evan Fournier, but... The return is going to matter too, and, and, and it's hard to imagine the Magic getting a ton for Evan Fournier that would net them both the long-term and short-term needs that they have. But I do think that that, that statement is apt to. The Magic are constantly evaluating what comes next. Each game is a data point. And, 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 a, and a part of a, a bigger tapestry of the season. And the Magic come home from this road trip almost exactly what they are. A 500 team. They showed those flaws. Those late game flaws. Those, frankly, those star flaws that they have. They showed that their defense and their grit and yes, their fight, because this team fights like hell, is enough to make them competitive. 
and enough to, to propel them forward even in, in small incremental steps. But it's also probably clear that that big step is looming. That this team isn't going to do enough, perhaps, to crack that top six. Probably not this year, at least. And the Magic, once again, will have to be content finishing seventh. That may be an important thing to learn and to confirm this season. Again, I'm, I'm not... I, I think that, that that's still a fine goal for this group. They're still a very young group. So I, I, I know some people think that, that that's kind of a death sentence to be back at seven and not take that step forward. I, I don't think it is at all, especially because of what Jonathan Isaac and Marco Fultz have shown us. But again, it, it does raise that big question. The Magic come home again exactly who they thought we thought they were. They are a playoff team. They are essentially a 500 team. The question is, the question looming over everything now, maybe not for the rest, maybe not for this season, but for the rest of this season and into the offseason and into the trade deadline, the question looming now, How do they get better? How do they break through? And this road trip really showed that that's still something they have to prove. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Magic is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Orlando Magic fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Orlando Magic fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help you, your team, achieve locked on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Well, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all of them listening on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr_md, And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Again, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.